There is nobody, I'll just tell you this, Ryan, there is nobody that is a bigger Giannis Antetokounmpo fan than Chris Miles right here, who was the president and CEO of his fan club long before everybody else was. But as you know, who is Luca's number one fan right here? It's me, Chris Miles. You know that. You, you are. I know you were jealous of me uh, hanging out with Luca right before the start of the season, letting him know. You know, that I had his Real Madrid jersey. You know what I'm saying? And I know you were like, oh, Chris, meet my guy. I mean, I was jealous. I'm not going to lie to you. And you knew that. You knew to tell me, too. And it just it made me upset. I wasn't invited. But it's fine. You know, no big deal at all. Uh, so the Hornets are the Hornets. The Pelicans right now are up 18-14 on the Nets. It's early. The score doesn't really matter in that sense. But, you know, from what we've seen from the Nets, from the beginning of the season, Steve Nash fired. It's all about basketball now with Jacques Vaughn. He's my favorite for coach of the year. When you watch this team, is this something that you think that they can finally sustain? Or at some point do you expect, I don't know, the other shoe to drop and Kyrie to say something stupid on Twitter again and blow this whole thing up? No, I was actually high on the Nets coming into this season. I thought that the Ben Simmons reclamation project, this was the perfect place for him. Uh, And you see it now. They had a 12-game win streak. He didn't make a free throw during that 12-game win streak. And no one said a word about it. It, it was, <laughs> you know what I mean? It wasn't like yeah. a headline, a joke, a part of a highlight. It was just a fact that no one cared about. And I think that's kind of the balance of this team when they're healthy. Uh, they're still kind of little inside. I think that's their Achilles heel. I don't know how they defend around the basket, um, you know, in a playoff series. But KD, Kyrie, Ben Simmons, when they were on the floor together, the way that Ben Simmons cuts and passes just creates so many opportunities for Kyrie and KD and they got that thing figured out. Chris, how do you think they'd match up with Boston this year? Because obviously everybody's going to remember the playoffs last year, and they were swept two totally different teams this year. Steve Nash is obviously gone. Do you think that'd be a better matchup, or maybe they'd even have a shot to beat them in a seven-game series this year? Yeah, well, what's really interesting, I, I know like we look at it like, oh, the Nets got swept. But if you go back and look at that series and you think, you know, the, ga- the game where KD's really high, I think it's the first game of the series, and yeah. Kyrie takes a jumper at the end. You're like, why don't you pass? They didn't have any synergy. They weren't together as a team. That's not the same team uh, that's that's playing basketball this year. So I'd love to see, you know, a rematch of that series between the Nets and the Bucks. And I don't really – I mean, the Nets and the Celtics, I don't really know what would happen there because uh, the same issues that the Nets have as far as lack of, you know, inside presence is the same issues that the Celtics have. How about our Knicks? Feel a little better about them this year? I feel their their respect. Oh, no, don't give me that sad face. Come on. They're up three right now in Toronto. They're the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference. It's Toronto, Nick. It's so much better than what it's been in the past. We got to be happy. First of all, no. No, I'm not satisfied. That's the problem. When you're used to losing, yep. you're, you're acting like a fan of the Washington football team. Yep. I'm going to give you a Mr. Piggy as your, your next oh, mascot. It's so stupid. I hate my football yeah, team so that? much. Hold on, what is that? Thing, I hate by my the football way? team so much. It's the. I just told you, it's Mr. Piggy. Yeah, it's, Mr. it's, Piggy. it's the Piggy. hog. Well, it's the hogs. It's a the hogs were the offensive line was a group back in the team. It's a whole yeah. thing. So it's anyway. They, yes, they, they sued the team. Yeah, they, they yeah the team for you. Yeah, so it's just here's it's the deal. Worst with the, with the Knicks, it's like so frustrating because I don't know what I can say because it's like what I can report or not report or what's been put out there, but. I know it was a fact that Donovan Mitchell thought he was coming to the Knicks yep. the night before he went to Utah, right? Mm-hmm. That's a fact. I him the other day. I looked at him, and I said, thanks for coming to the Rutgers. 
<laughs> you know, I had to be very professional and not say, I'm sorry my Knicks did that to you. But if you have Jalen Brunson and seeing what Donovan Mitchell is doing now as the Knicks backcourt, then we have a shot to make some noise in the postseason. But as this team is currently constructed, nah, man, this is this is cool to have a couple of wins and Jalen Brunson's a really good player, but come on, we're not beating anybody in the playoffs. Chris, what's crazy is like growing up, or at least the last couple of years, it was always like, who's coming out of the West? And man, I mean, like now, who could you really make the case for? Because the Warriors are going through a little bit of a championship hangover. Also, they're just dealing with a bunch of injuries. Phoenix, clearly not the same team without Devin Booker. They're a tough watch without Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. Memphis is young, but I mean, they have the playoff experience from the last couple of years. I really like them. I just don't know if they could get past a team like Golden State. Who do you like in the West this year, man? The rich and creamies, my friend. Denver Nuggets, the reigning two-time MVP. Nikola Jokic, the only player good enough to win an MVP yeah. over Giannis Antetokounmpo. Okay, if if you now here's the key. When they say great players make other players better, make their teammates better. When I look at the Denver Nuggets over the last five years, and I think of the overachievers, it's everybody. And right now, that's Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon looks like an all-star. Mm-hmm. The way he plays defense, the way it's like they they figured out unlock his potential in his game, and it's one of those things where Jamal Murray will win some games late, and he understands now that Nikola Jokic is a two-time MVP, so that's grown. Man, I, I just think they have all the pieces in place like a backup center, right? Yeah. Like in most in most teams that have a certain position don't really have a great backup at that position. Uh, but I like the Nuggets to come out of the way. Talking to Chris Miles, NBA TV, BetMGM tonight. You know, you talk about Jokic, two-time MVP. You and I have, I know, at least talked about this once or twice. You know how I feel about the the NBA awards market. I think the NBA, NBA MVP specifically is one of the most fascinating because there's so many narratives that are built into it. Like, Jokic is playing better than he maybe ever has in his career, which is saying something given those back-to-back MVPs. But... The last guy to win three straight was Larry Bird. And there are going to be voters out there that will look at this and say, well, I can't vote for Jokic. And with the potential of him being a three-time MVP three times in a row, and Jordan never did that. LeBron never did that. Like some people, not all, but there are some voters that think that way. There are narratives that are involved in this where it's next guy up and, you know, Luka's carrying the team by himself. Does Jokic have a chance to win three straight? Who's your favorite right now to win MVP? Well, I don't have a favorite to win MVP because the race is too tight, right? I have to at least admit that. Yeah. But if I had to place a bet, I would look at the odds, right? And I look at the screen right now. I would go to Joker, four to yep. one, uh, just because of where they are in the uh, conference standings. I would either go Joker or Tatum. Those to me seem like the safest two bets. Uh, for Luca to still be the favorite, it's like I don't know where the Mavericks are going to end up in the West. Right. Like, I just don't have any faith that there'll be a top three seed for him to win the MVP, though Luca is having the best statistical season of anyone on that board. So, look, I think it would not just ward to uh, to win if the Mavs were, you know, in first or second place. And I thought they'd finish the season there. But I do think the Nuggets will finish the season there and possibly uh, Nikola Jokic could be the first Three times in a row, winner of the MVP award since Larry Bird. I think it was, what, 84 to 86? I think so. Yeah, yeah, it was around then. You know, it's interesting. When you when you talk about Luka, my love for him, obviously, aside. Like, how how far, like, what's the lowest 
the Mavericks can, let's say, just what their record is or where they are in the standings, what's the worst that they can do where he can win MVP? And the reason why I say that is because, you know, you, you talk about statistically what we've seen from Luka this year. Clearly MVP numbers. A 60-20-10 game is incredible in itself, but there's all the other things that he's done. But I go back to the Russell Westbrook first triple-double season. The Thunder were a six seed that year, but we hadn't seen a triple-double, obviously, since Oscar Robertson. You know, that team ended up losing in the first round. We know what ended up becoming. It was it was just such a unique situation where a six seed was uh, had the MVP on their roster. Like, I feel like if you're the Mavs, you got to have at least, like, home-court advantage, and Luka probably has to average a triple-double this year. I think a th- the third seed, right? You can't be lower than a third seed, and I think with or five games of the top seed, because here's the problem. The number one seed is going to have an MVP candidate, right? So if it's the Celtics, it's going to be Tatum. If it's the Bucks, it's going to be Giannis. Do uh, you see what I'm saying? If it's the Nuggets, it's going to be Nikola Jokic. Like when you think about teams, uh, let's say it's the Cavs, then it'll be Donovan Mitchell. Like whoever finishes first in the East or the West has the best record in the NBA, they are going to have a bona fide MVP candidate that is most likely to win you. When I look at it now, I'm thinking, who do I have the most most faith in amongst the MVP guys to finish, you know, whose team will, will likely finish first? And I just don't see Luka being that guy. Yeah. Even though I think Luka should win the MVP this year. Chris, who do you think the biggest name that gets traded at the deadline is? Obviously, we're a month away, February 9th. But uh, who do you think we see go? Oh, man, that's a tough one. And why is it Zach Levine? <sighs> <laughs> Bulls fan over here desperately wants well, Zach just, Levine to go. You're, like, you're on the Zach Levine like, train. Like, like, Chris, so, so Chris, I'm with you on the on the Giannis train, and you know, covered the team, lo- love the Bucks, but I think the Bucks, as crazy as this sounds, you know, and last year they they took Boston to seven without Chris Middleton, but Middleton just hasn't really looked right yet. I think the Bucks need something else, as crazy as that sounds. I don't know what it is. I think they need another big, and and Brooke Lopez is having the best season probably in the last eight years. I think they just need another big off the bench. And I love Bobby Portis, but I don't know. I think they need another rim protector. Okay, so Bobby Portis is averaging a double-double off the bench. Yeah. Right? And then Brooke Lopez and then Giannis is a big. I don't know if that's their issue. I think their issue is Chris Middleton. <laughs> I think Drew Holiday is great. Now, one of the, if you're looking statistically and want, want to be nerd about it, uh, the Bucks are terrible in defending ISO situations. Right. So whatever that means, that means they're missing a wing defender. That means they need another Drew Holiday. So if I'm going in, what do the Bucks need? Buying into what you're saying, think about who is defending the other teams, you know, shooting guard and small forward. Do you have faith in them? And with Chris Middleton off the floor? No. Right. So they need Chris Middleton just to, on a defensive end, they need him. But also offensively, I think they could use him in late game situations. But they need one or two more wing defenders. So if the Bucs are going to go shopping, you know, instead of going to get Joe Ingles and, like, Grayson Allen, I think they need a guy uh, more like, you know, Robert Covington a few years ago. Or Matisse Thibel. You know, that's a guy they, they could probably go get that would be great for them. Matisse Thibel, in a sense, like, you don't really need more scoring. Imagine throwing him out there defensively in those ISO situations. I think he would thrive. No, that's a great point. I mean, because Grayson Allen, you look at the playoffs last year, and Grayson Allen was excellent against the Bulls and nobody else. So I think that is a good point there as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm with you. What a, what about when you talk about like the next star? There's rumors about Trey Young maybe asking for a trade. There's always somebody, right? There's always the next guy up that's going to ask for a trade in the NBA. Uh, 
Would there be, could there be somebody that asks for one by the deadline? Uh, is it just something that could come out of the blue? In the NBA, you never know, right? There's always something. Well, I mean, you name, you name the most obvious guy, yeah. right? Like in Trey Young in the sense of what they're going through in Atlanta. But I think for the Hawks to do that, it would be a, okay, now we're going and rebuilding this thing. And we were they, that would be like, we're admitting we were wrong about Luka. Um, and I think the first thing that would happen first, right, is like Nate McMillan getting fired before Trey Young. Trey, I just think we're a season away from that. I think if it's if the milk's still bad this time next year, um, I feel like it would be the guy. But if you had to make a bet, yeah, obviously Trey, Trey Young would be the guy I would think of. It's interesting because I see so many stars thriving right now that I don't think of, oh, who needs to be traded at the deadline? Right, like all the teams that are supposed to be competitive, like are except the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, it's a good point. Hey, what do you think the Pelicans' uh, ceiling is this season out west? Because they won a playoff series, obviously against Phoenix last year. Got to get Zion back. We got like if, thirty if, seconds. Remember that? Yeah, we got thirty <laughs> seconds only. We got a hard out. Uh, you think they could? What do you think their ceiling is, though? You think they can make a run to the finals? Okay. To answer your question with some actual reporting here, I, I talked to David Griffin uh, at the G League Showcase in Vegas two weeks ago. And he told me, you know, the thing they have to figure out is when they're healthy. When they're healthy, how do guys adjust to those roles? And then they they know what they are as a team. They don't know that yet. So for the Pelicans, I think they're a year away. Okay. I think second round would be great for them. Um, and then I think once you get Zion and Brandon Ingram on the floor together for like 30 games, then they can cook and, sh- and start to advance in the playoffs. David Griffin did a pretty good job building that team. I'll tell you what, all those draft picks from Anthony Davis. Man, he really did a good job. Chris Miles, NBA TV. Always good talking to you, buddy. Thanks, Chris.